2: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.TV. All right, folks, this is Dustin Gold back right here on Pain.TV, and we are about to enter the mind of a madman let's climb inside the head of one of the technocrats most important engineers one of the people who has actually stayed off the public radar you'll see why he's not a very cute gentleman he doesn't really blend in he's not so hip and so cool he actually looks and talks like a james bond villain And so let's review this 2012 video interview from Bloomberg with AI Foundation's founder, Lars Butler. At this time, he was just a measly little video game CEO. But you're going to see why this is important. Try to think about the metaverse and what the metaverse is while you're watching this. And you will see the foundations of the metaverse being laid out 10 years earlier through Lars Butler
0: together right mergers and acquisitions peanut butter and jelly but now video games and television my next guest is putting the two together and is also revolutionizing the game industry in the process here for our CEO sit down is Lars Butler of Tryon worlds Lars good to have you with us on Bloomberg
2: thank you very much thanks for having me Thank you. Thank you for having me, folks. uh, I just want you to, uh, if you're in the audio only audience, just Google him. Lars Butler, B-U-T-T-L-E-R. So two T's. Uh, You'll see stuff pop up. Lars Butler, Ph.D., uh, Lars Butler, AI Foundation, Lars Butler, Cybersecurity. That's all the same guy. He has a shaved head, a shiny, big shaved head. He looks, seriously, you can't miss him. He looks like a James Bond villain. He looks like some Marvel supervillain. So let's hear from Lars Butler. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: talk about online gaming mm-hmm. what exactly is that because you're sitting in front of a screen you're on a computer or a mobile device but it's online
1: yeah well there are many forms of online gaming today they are social casual games on Facebook or they are high quality games that rival video games but they are server based so you can actually play with many many friends you can play with hundreds of thousands of people in worlds that evolve that change all the time
2: Okay, pause for a second. So, 10 years ago, you have to look at this in context. This is the beginning of the transition from video games uh, as we knew them, or as I knew them as a child, from playing an Atari game, playing Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo, to actual interactive games where you can play with other people on your computer, And so you can play with someone in China, play with someone down the street, but all from the comfort of your bedroom. And then, as he mentioned, these ever-changing worlds, that's the beginning of what we call second lives or immersive games. Um, Some of you, if you have children, grandchildren, you may be familiar with Minecraft or Roblox. These are immersive games. Very dangerous. They are basically the test pilots for the coming metaverse. In fact, they are um, micro-metaverses themselves. They are immersive worlds in which children go inside, there are no levels, there is no winning, and they live inside what is called the second life. This being their first life in the natural world, the second life being inside of the digital metaverse. And meta is not just what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with Facebook, that is only part of it. They've all, We will do a whole show on this, I promise, because I do understand the technology. But Overall, what they're saying, they're also calling this uh, Web 3.0. So with the Internet, we've gone through Web 1, Web 2.0. Now it'll be Web 3.0. And the ultimate goal is that everything on the Web will be connected. You will be provided with one universal sort of username and password, one universal identity. It plays into what I talked about yesterday with Elon Musk and um And these guys that that he's working with that want to uh, identify humans through biometrics. And so everywhere you go and to the internet, on your phone, on your apps, you'll be logging into your second life, which will be the internet and everything that interacts with the internet. And that itself is is the metaverse that you are going to be living in so you can say i'm not going to put on a augmented reality or a virtual reality headset and go play you know virtual golf therefore i'm not going into the metaverse no you will be in the metaverse every time you're on your phone your tablet your computer on an app uh listening to Sirius radio or whatever you will be in the metaverse everything digital will be considered your second life and this back there 10 years ago and who else was involved in video games we haven't gotten into this on the show but Steve Bannon was heavily involved with this same exact type of stuff and one day we may bring him into this because Steve Bannon plays a major part in where we are today think about a second life a second universe being the metaverse well steve bannon he was actually the president of what was called biosphere 2 when i was a kid they took a group of scientists and basically put them inside a bubble and and built this sort of second universe that they lived in and there's all kinds of stories that go back to what he was doing at the same time he was invested in crypto technologies and uh, video games so it all starts to come together with what these madmen these frankenstein scientists have been doing let's get back to butler and as i said i will expand on the metaverse and the concepts behind the metaverse in future episodes
0: all right so if you can play online with them that means these games have to be hosted somewhere right i mean somewhere this has to live and you're interconnecting with them is that something that is going to just continue to grow truly
1: yes yeah. correct They are hosted, and it actually means that it is very hard to pirate those games.
2: They are also live. They evolve. They rival, uh, you know, living worlds. And so... See, there you go, right? So the the technology behind them is they're hosted on servers. Now it would be servers, multiple servers in the cloud. It's just a collection of servers. Um... And so what he's saying is that these worlds sometimes rival life themselves. Now, these immersive worlds, these uh, sort of uh, you know first-player shooter games and such are very similar. In fact, they're the same thing that the military uses to train warriors and killers. And so when you hear about school shooters, and we can get into all those theories in future episodes as well, Uh, I don't generally talk about that kind of stuff because it's very hard to prove uh, what occurred. But many of these people end up, you find out they're on uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, they play a lot of these uh, shooter video games. And so, like he said, these worlds rival real life. Same as what happens with people with pornography addictions, is you end up going down a rabbit hole from your real life, your real sex life, into crazier and crazier and more hardcore stuff until eventually you want to act out those things in real life uh, or you're bored of regular sex and so now you're fully addicted to pornography it is the same thing so they're training you inside these second worlds and the objective uh, and i can prove this through uh, stuff that i've read Uh, and researched is that the idea when they try to push us all into this metaverse second life is that they have to make life so miserable here in the natural world that you will gladly put on a VR headset, an AR headset, or put the Neuralink brain chip in your head so that you can access your second life, so that you can go into this digital immersive world where you will have your mansion and your Lamborghini and whatever hot wife or husband that you created in some simulation because your normal life, your natural life, your real world life will be so miserable and that will be done through Klaus Schwab and these types that are saying you will own nothing and you will be happy about it. You will be happy because you'll be living inside of the metaverse While you're suffering in the real world inside of your 400 square foot pod cubicle, your freight container, your prison cell, your home will be your prison. Your escape will be the Neuralink. Your escape will be living through your mind twin inside of the metaverse, inside of the matrix. It will be almost exactly like the movie, the matrix. I'm not kidding you if you break down the technology that these people have and that they're developing and you listen to their words and you understand what they're talking about, they are describing the movie, the matrix. Now, do I think they made the movie, the matrix? These guys got together at a cocktail party, watched it and said, that would be a great idea. Let's build it. No, no. I think they made the movie, the matrix to tell us, us mere little plebeians, peasants, what they were going to do. And like with everything else they do, they tell us and give us a chance to resist and reject and revolt against it. And if we don't, then their karma and their weird religion allows them to move forward uh, with their karma intact and with their conscience clear and clean. Let's continue with this. So, um, this is actually
1: one of the fastest growing segments of the games industry. And there are markets like Korea or China where, where you can see what a massive potential these online premium games already have.
2: Now, what... Right, so massive markets like China. China was already developing the social score system, already developing their Skynet prison planet before us. In fact, We can do this in a future episode. We can show clear connections between Henry Kissinger's involvement with China during the Nixon administration. That basically deals were made with China to use China as the test pilot for the prison planet technologies. The police state that has been brought over here. And you will see unfold more and more as the years go on. And so he's talking about right there that it's a huge market, huge potential in China. China, their lives were more miserable than ours. Of course, they escaped to video games. Ask yourself what kind of people you know in real life who are addicted to video games. Well, they use video games the same way people abuse alcohol and drugs and such to escape their regular, real, natural life. Because it's boring, it's miserable, they're depressed. And so this takes the video games a step further and pushes them into a full blown immersive world in which they live through in this video game through the character they're playing as, the customized avatar that they are. You see it on Twitter, you see it in other places. You know, people can go on Twitter and talk shit to you without any repercussions because they're cornball 66556912 and they think they can say anything well they're living through their metaverse their mind twin their second person this has all been planned all been orchestrated and that is what we are seeing now and that is what Lars Butler is talking about right here back 10 years ago was on television on Bloomberg promoting the second life video games more to come when i come back my name is dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and i'll be delving into the metaverse during this break i'll see you back here at pain.tv you listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on ping.tv. I'm glad you're here with me, Dustin Gold, right here in your second life to escape your boring reality and learn about the tenets of the metaverse. Ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing a 2012 Bloomberg interview with one of the technocrats' most dangerous madmen. And I say that even though he is not a household name because I already know who he's connected to and how much power and influence Lars Butler wields in the technocratic world. And so we are going to get into that. Over the next couple of episodes, I want to continue with this interview with Lars Butler in 2012 is talking about video games, Second Life video games and the market potential that he sees for his company Tryon Worlds
0: kind of price points do these games have because it seems as though if you're doing something online there might be a meter running somewhere well they are very different
1: models they are games that are advertising supported just like television They are games that are so-called microtransaction supported it means you play for free but you buy certain things in the game virtual things virtual things you know you buy a sword you buy a car you buy any anything that makes you feel better or stronger and then there are-
2: pause 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 okay did you hear what he just said so you can have an ad supported model as you know with this podcast it goes out free on apple Podcasts and other places and then there's ads inserted in the podcast and that allows me Now, I haven't seen anything yet, but that should allow me to make a little bit of money to compensate me for my time that it takes to research these shows, record them, and then edit them. Or, as he said, you can have free games where people buy digital items within this second world video game, this second life. And on the screen, it actually says that Tryon Worlds was founded in 2006. So we're going back 16 years. This interview is from 2012, 10 years ago. And they already raised $100 million at that point. They're going to talk about that. But why that's important is because the metaverse concept, once we get to the point of the metaverse being that you immerse yourself within your second life, and probably not you, but your children and grandchildren, and live inside of this metaverse, is that you will buy things within the metaverse. And let me just explain from the perspective of Minecraft. Minecraft. Some of you may have heard of this. But Minecraft is this second life world. It looks pixelated. It looks like a video game on Atari from back in, like, 1983. But you go inside Minecraft and you build out your own world. You can build homes and buildings and farmland and holes in the ground and ponds and cars and dinosaurs and whatever you want. It's a Lego world. And so you can buy kits and you can buy tools and you can buy weapons and you can buy food And this was going back five, six, seven, eight years ago before the next phase of the metaverse we're seeing, which operates on NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. And I don't want to get into so many terms with you. I try to keep this show broken down to layman's terms so you can understand it. So let me just say like an NFT Okay, there could be an artist who creates a digital piece of artwork. Let's say, I don't know, Lady Gaga. She creates some digital piece of artwork. And then that piece of artwork goes up for sale at an NFT auction. That piece of art would be referred to as an NFT. And that NFT is then coded so that it has a set of rules, a contract that goes along with it. So let's say in real life, Lady Gaga paints a painting, and she puts it up in a gallery in New York City, and she wants a million dollars for that painting, and she sells that painting to me for a million dollars. I then take that painting, and I'm hanging it up in my house, or my office, or wherever I want to display it. I, I let a museum borrow it. Well, in the metaverse, if I bought Lady Gaga's art, I could do the same thing. I can display that art inside my metaverse home, inside my metaverse mansion, my metaverse museum. I can lend it to other metaverse properties and actually be paid to put that piece of artwork on display inside this virtual reality world. At the same time, in real life, I could pull up that NFT on my cryptocurrency wallet And I can show it to people. I own this one-of-a-kind Lady Gaga digital piece of art. Now, there will be copies and screenshots and such of that digital piece of art. Just like if Lady Gaga painted the painting in real life, she could take a photograph of it. A photograph of the Mona Lisa is in books. You can buy postcards. You can buy prints. But there is only one Mona Lisa, right? And so it's the same thing, except with the NFTs, because it's connected to a blockchain contract, you can set rules. For instance, every time that painting sells in the future, so let's say in real life, I sold my Mona Lisa that I, or my Lady Gaga painting that I bought for $1 million. Let's say I sold it to Mike for 1.2 million dollars then a few years later mike sold it to maria for 1.5 million dollars maria lends it out to a gallery for a hundred thousand dollars a month to display it because the gallery is going to sell hundred dollar tickets to come look at lady gaga's piece of art her painting well in the metaverse world that's all tracked through this blockchain so lady gaga could set in the contract, and you would know this, it'd be transparent, before you bought it, that every time, let's say, it sells, Lady Gaga is going to get a 10% royalty. And let's say, every time it sells, there was an agent, let's say, that represented her, or held the auction for the first sale, and they're going to get a 5% royalty. So now, let's say, in the metaverse... I buy for $1 million Lady Gaga's painting, and then I sell it to Mike a year later for $1.2 million. Well, Lady Gaga's going to get $120,000, which is 10% of that sale, and her agent's going to get $60,000, which is 5% of that sale, right? So now Mike, okay, so I'm getting the $1.2 million less the 180,000 that I have to pay in those royalties to them. Then when Mike goes and sells it for 1.5 million to Maria, there's also going to be 150,000 and 75,000, 10% and 5% respectively taking out. And then Maria goes and she rents it for a hundred thousand a month. And in that contract, let's say there is a clause that says Lady Gaga is getting five percent every time you rent it out, and the agent's getting two and a half percent. So, see, in this metaverse world, the NFTs, these non fungible tokens, and it's way more advanced than this. So, if you are a crypto expert, NFT expert, don't sit here and say you don't know what you are talking about. I am just explaining it for people that have no idea how this works. And I'm bringing it back to what Lars Butler is talking about. Because in this metaverse world and in the beginning test pilot stages, which are the video games, the immersive second life video games Butler's talking about. You're buying weapons, you're buying uh, whatever, swords, knives, guns in the video game. You can buy armor. You could buy, uh, I don't know, logos that you could put on your armor, on your t-shirts or whatever inside the game. Well, within Minecraft, you could do similar things. Like you could buy a kit to build a dinosaur. You could buy a kit to build a castle. You could buy a better engine for your Lamborghini. It becomes a world where people are developing useless stuff non-real world things and selling them inside the video game. The only difference is in the future metaverse, it's all done through these NFTs. They're one of a kind. They can do a series. And so it's a whole, like, think of real life going to the grocery store, but it's inside this metaverse. And that's what Butler was setting up there, talking about this 10 years ago. This was actually the same type of business Bannon, Steve Bannon, Donald Trump's chief strategist was involved with when he was in the video game industry. So they were developing the foundation for what would later become the metaverse transactions that we are now seeing happening in the metaverse, but in our real life. Because the metaverse to me, I, it, right, it's just a video game. It's an immersive video game. So in real life, there are people addicted to this immersive video game, this Second Life world, that are going inside and actually spending real money, let's say money they earned at work, or their stimulus check, or a welfare check, and they're actually buying things inside the metaverse. But as I explained to you, and we will get into this on a show, Bill Gates has a patent on a software that is going to distribute tokens, which is just crypto money, which are just as fake as U.S. fiat currency monopoly money dollars, to you inside the metaverse when you complete certain tasks, and then you can utilize those digital coins inside the metaverse to buy things like we just talked about. You can buy a better weapon. You could buy a better car. And the objective behind that is that in the real world, they will have some type of Neuralink brain chip or whatever hooked up to your head. And as you are completing tasks or doing things inside of the metaverse, that brain activity will generate energy that will like a windmill or like a solar panel that will generate energy and that energy will basically go on to the grid and that energy will be used to power this ai hive mind elon musk starlink connected digital world that they're creating it sounds nuts but this is actually real and so that it's just like the movie the matrix so humans become the battery the energy to power the ai metaverse that we're going to live in and that your brain power by completing tasks will be used to create the electricity and the energy to power the whole digital universe the matrix and you will be rewarded with tokens that you can use to buy things and the model for this stemmed out of Lars Butler's Tryon Worlds and Steve Bannon's company 10 years ago. Again, these guys are always building the pilot programs. So what Butler is talking about there was probably something created 20 years earlier by the government, by DARPA or something like that. And then Butler was put out there, Steve Bannon was put out there to normalize it. To humanize it, to make it cool, to make it hip, to get it out there into the lexicon so that people would start to adopt it. And once people in mass started to adopt that technology, they were primed for what they were going to unroll and unveil in the next decade, which we're now seeing. And who did they use to put the term metaverse into, uh, household, you know, table discussions was Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. A lot of people never heard of the Metaverse until six months ago when Mark Zuckerberg said they were rebranding Facebook as Meta. Okay, that stuff's crazy. Take a break from the Metaverse. Get a cup of water. Drink a coffee or a tea. Have a cigarette or whatever you need to do because when we come back, this is only going to get crazier. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv or listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at TV slash gold.